You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Our special guest today and one of my all-time favorite people and best buds is going to be joining us. She's the world-renowned dog trainer. She's the star of Animal Plants, It's Me or the Dog. Our good friend, Victoria Stillwell, is coming on board with us. Uh, she's going to talk to us a little bit about the uh, latest book, The Secret Language of Dogs, Unlocking the Canine Mind for a Happier Pet. So we'll be uh, excited to talk to Victoria about the book and all the other wonderful stuff she's got going on. So it's going to be a fabulous show. So everybody just hang tight. We'll come back right after this commercial break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And joining me today is is author, writer, speaker, star of It's Me or the Dog, and world-renowned dog trainer, Victoria Stillwell. Victoria, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here again. Yes, it's always great to have you on board and talk with you and see what's going on. And of course, the latest book, we've got to jump right in there and learn a little bit about that. It's The, the Secret Language of Dogs, Unlocking the Canine Mind for a happier pet. So tell us a little bit about this book and perhaps how this book differs or adds to all the great uh, other books that you put out. Well, I feel like I'm always, it's always my quest for further knowledge. And I admit that I'm a bit of a science geek. So I love that all the latest new research that's being done, especially when it comes to animal cognition and of course, canine cognition. And cognition is really how your dog thinks and perceives the world around it, how you and your dog's mind And so that's why I wanted to write The Secret Language of Dogs, because I wanted to introduce people to this new research and how exciting it is, and to kind of, I guess, encourage people to take a different look at their dogs, that, you know, when you're actually teaching your dog, it's not just about teaching your dog to sit, stay, and come when called. It's all about trying to understand the world from the dog's point of view. And when we talk about that, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, obviously, you and I know my work very well, and uh, you're gracious enough to write forward for my latest book, and our techniques may be a, a slightly different, but communicating with the animals and understanding them, do you feel that for most people, we have a better grasp at what our animals are trying to tell us, or are we as confused as we ever were? I know. I really think that um, with this new research that's coming out, that there are, I think, a lot of our questions are being answered. And especially, you know, um, I'll just cite one thing, which is the, the use now of functional MRIs on dogs that are awake. Now, normally, MRIs can only be done on dogs when they're sedated for a medical issue. But now, what's been happening at Emory University in Atlanta and universities all around the world 
is that um, dogs are being trained in a very positive way to walk into an MRI machine and to lie down and be very still for a couple of minutes where images are taken of their brain. And it doesn't hurt them at all. And they are, you know, they're, I think, for example, Gregory Burns, who is the researcher, um, a scientist at Emory University, he actually developed a mock-up MRI machine in his living room. So he taught his dog, Cal, to go in there and lie down. And it's very similar to an MRI machine the actual real thing. So when it comes to the real thing, she's a lot more comfortable. And then images can be taken of their brain. And what's wonderful is that you can actually see what's going on real time. So for the first time, we can actually see what dogs are thinking. And through the research that's being done, and I think it is quite remarkable, you know, we're finally actually coming around to wanting to know this from a scientific mind, but also finding the keys and tools to know that they do understand us. They do understand our words. They understand our feelings and what's going on with us. But from a scientific approach, I mean, are there certain things that other than understanding our words, and as you said, are certain words we teach them during training, what additional are they learning from us? And do they pick up maybe some of the clues that we're giving them as far as our body language is concerned, in addition to the verbal language you're giving them? Dogs have evolved with us for thousands and thousands of years. So yes, they are picking up on their, on our body language because as they have evolved, they have learned to read people. And so let me give you an example. Intention reading is the foundation of human culture and communication. And what I mean by intention reading is that when, for example, you point at something, the person who's watching you point at something will follow where your point is and where it lands to see what you're pointing at. It's information. I am, that person is reading my intention and my intention is to point out something to that person. Now at nine months, babies, infants can start following a human point and they'll start pointing things out too to their mums and dads or other members of their family. And again, so this is even, you know, young babies can do that. Now, what what's important about this is that even our closest relatives, the chimpanzee, don't really understand what the human point is. They can be trained to understand what it's all about. But dogs seem to have this innate ability to understand. And nine-week-old puppies can understand whether it is a learned behavior or whether it's truly an innate behavior that has come through evolution. You know, it doesn't matter. It's still very exciting, but our dogs are Responding and reading our intentions. And that comes because of thousands of years of living with us. And that's just one example. There are many more examples that you can read about in the book, but that's just one example of how dogs now read us and try and understand what we want them to do. So in addition to the pointing, the, the emotions uh, following us and understand our body movements, what's your take on the sort of energy feeling, as I'll call it, you know, picking up on how we feel, our emotions, our inward emotions? Do you feel that animals and dogs in particular can pick up on that and understand when there are challenges? Yes, without a doubt. I mean, they really can. Now, when humans are very good at picking uh, up emotions on other humans, and it's all to do with our facial expressions and our body language, but it's also how we smell, too. Because we can, we can, for example, when we're fearful, we do our bodies, there's a release of adrenaline in our bodies, and that just produces a certain scent, um, and dogs can smell this. So they absolutely can read emotions on our faces. They can read through smell, too. And researchers at the University of Lincoln in the United Kingdom have done this research into how dogs look at faces, and it's called Let's Go's Bias. 
So, for example, when you look at a human face, if you just look at the human face next to you, what you'll find is that your eyes always start on the left-hand side of the face and then move and land on the right-hand side of the face. You just look at any, as you're listening to this, if there's another person in the room, look at that person and you'll see how, weirdly enough, that, yeah, you start on the left and you land on the right-hand side of the face. Now, why do we do that? Well, it's because the right-hand side of the face is better at expressing emotions. So, now, dogs also do this. They don't do it when they look at other dogs, but they do do it when they look at humans. And so, again, this is another example of being able to read emotions. But also, when you, if we can talk about empathy, for example, Mm -hmm. empathy... Now they're saying, you know, are dogs empathetic? Well, empathy, you have to have an understanding of what that other person has maybe experienced. But part of empathy, and we don't know if dogs can do that now. We know they can be sympathetic. We know they can show consolation behavior, but can they be empathetic to, you know, can they feel what we feel? But we know that part of empathy is emotional contagion. So, for example, when you yawn, somebody else in the room might catch your yawn and yawn too. Well, dogs... A lot of dogs do that as well. So if you yawn in front of your dog, it's quite probable that your dog will yawn back. That's emotional contagion, and that shows that a dog is catching and reading our emotions. Very good. So then let's talk about the uh, the latest book, The Secret Language of Dogs. You go through a lot of these sort of what I call questions that everybody has and how to recognize them, identify them. Things like, do dogs feel guilt? What does it mean with the different uh, tail wagging, the ways they wag their tail, the way they position their tails, these type of things. So walk us through some of the maybe the highlights and maybe some of the things that when people pick up a copy and read the book that they would think, wow, I, I never thought of it in that. Way. Well, you know, uh, the tail is a, a huge indicator of mood and uh, really reflects internal state. So there's a whole load of great information about what different, um, you know, what different tail wags mean and and how, for example, does the tail wag more to the right or to the left, and what does that mean? Uh, what what does that mean for your dog? What is your dog feeling at that point? But the other thing is paw preference. A lot of people don't realize that their dog is actually either right paw or left paw. And you can easily find out if your dog is right paw or left paw by giving a toy to your dog and seeing if there is a dominant paw that your dog uses to manipulate that toy. Some dogs are very good at using both paws, but some you might see that there's a preference for either side. And that can actually help make training easier. So if you've got a dog and you're teaching it to touch something with its paw and you're teaching it with the right paw and the dog is having difficulty, try doing the left paw first to see actually if my dog is more left paw than right paw, it's going to be easier for my dog to be successful first if I use the left paw, not the right paw. So it can give us, you know, understanding the sort of intricacies of body language and learning more about this research can make living with dogs easier and you know, dogs living with humans easier as well because we're, all we're doing is attempting to understand them. And, and all through this, I say, look, dogs are dogs. They've always been dogs. It's just because they can't speak our language. We don't speak theirs. It's taken us a while to truly understand them. There you go. And I see, I didn't know the thing about the paws. That you, you've taught me already. Every time I talk to you, Victoria, I learn something new every single time. Has there, uh, with the paw, it's, I find that very fascinating. Has there been any scientific research or linkage to that? And what I mean by that is, you know, typically with humans, we think, okay, if someone's left-handed, perhaps they're more uh, artistic and, and things of this sort. Uh, you know, we have a, a certain way of, of considering lefties compared to, to righties. Have they done any research on that with dogs? 
They have. The research has been limited, but, you know, the right hemisphere of the brain controls the left-hand side of the body. The left hemisphere of the brain controls the right-hand side of the body. And the right hemisphere of the brain that controls the left-hand side of the body is associated more with kind of cautious, nervous approach behavior. But the left-hand side of the brain that controls the right side of the body is more associated with kind of calm behavior. So that in itself, there's a sort of relationship that, oh, maybe if my dog is more left-pawed, does that mean my dog is more cautious? And if my dog is more right-pawed, my dog is more um, is more confident. And so that, that research is still being done. But there is a little bit of research out there, certainly that's been done in university in Italy, where they're really exploring that concept. Totally, totally fascinating. And of course, in your book, you cover a lot of this information and a lot of common sense things and a lot of things uh, that people can learn from this and also use it as an ongoing tool. So I love how you put together the book. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the labor of love. There you go. All right, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back with uh, Victoria Stilwell, talk to her a little bit more about her writing styles and writing techniques because, you know, we got to pick the brain of the master here putting together these wonderful books and then find out more about what she's got going on, some of the, share some of the exciting things that are happening in her world. So everybody just hang tight. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. The standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments. Cortisone. Antihistamine. Multiple creams. Antibiotics. Spray. Multiple prescriptions. Steroid injections. Spray. Sharp antibiotics. Steroid cream. No results. It was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to take care of him and to give him the nutrition he needed. A nutritional supplement like Dynavite. To be the healthy, happy dog he is today. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Put some nutrition in your dog. The vet that I trust recommended Dynavite. The dog I have today, because of Dynavite, has a sparkle in his eye, a lush coat, healthy skin. When you rescue a dog... You've got to feed them right for life. Dynavite will make your dog a happy dog. Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite for life. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And uh, we're 
continue our conversation with the world-renowned uh, dog trainer and the uh, host of Animal Plants. It's me or the dog, our good friend Victoria Stillwell. Now, Victoria, I have to ask you about the book in general, The Secret Language of Dogs, Unlocking the Canine Mind for a Happier Pet. Tell us about your process, your process of writing, how an idea comes about to actually come into publishing a, uh, a book about it and sort of are you uh, very diligent about your writing and writing habits or are you like me and you wait till uh, a few months before deadline and, and put it out there? <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, I, I'm not a natural writer and I, I don't find it easy to sit down and you know, I'm more of an active person to actually sit down in front of my computer and put all the stuff that's in my head down on paper or, uh, or you know, on a keyboard is hard. It's really hard for me. It doesn't come naturally. And after my third book, Train Your Dog Positively, I vowed that I was never going to write another book. And then a couple of months later, my publisher comes to me and says, no, we'd like another book from you. So then I thought, well, uh, what is the subject? What am I, gonna, am I really going to love writing about? And it was this. It was more about animal cognition and um, canine cognition. And that's that's where I really wanted the book to focus. And I did an amazing show in England. I do hope that it airs over here, but it was called Dogs Might Fly. Mm-hmm. And it was all about really discovering how various dogs think, thought, and um, their memory, and how were they empathetic, and how they problem solved. And it really was truly amazing because in the end of the, the day, we taught a dog to fly a plane. And, you know, we know that dogs can do incredible things. We know that there's been a trainer in New Zealand that's taught dogs to drive cars. But could we go one better? Could we show people that a dog could actually fly a plane? So what we did is we went around the United Kingdom to a lot of different rescue shelters. And from those shelters, we picked 12 dogs who we thought might have what it takes to fly a plane. And we took them down to a beautiful mansion in the south of England where they lived in a lap of luxury. And for 10 weeks, we kind of filmed their cognitive processes and took them through some fabulous challenges. And it was all done in a really positive way. So the dogs were playing and having fun. And then from those 12 dogs, we picked three dogs and they went on to flight school for six weeks. And then did or did the dog not fly a plane? That's the question at the end. And of course, you know, I won't tell you which dog flew the plane in case it comes over here, but um, one of them did. And it was spectacular. So literally, I mean, they're not taking off or or landing, but it's a four-seater Cessna. And for 10 minutes, the dog flies the plane in a figure of eight. It is remarkable, remarkable. And that really was a mixture of cognition and a process of learning and following cues as well. So it just shows what dogs are capable of doing. Yeah, it really is unlimited. Obviously, you've been around animals, been around dogs all your life, and and I have as well. But there's always something new that they surprise me about on a daily basis and what they can pick up, whether it's something that I'm trying to teach them or just something they pick up on their own and they know instinctually or know through repetition of how to do that. Yes, and yeah, they do. And, you know, they're very smart. And remember that I always tell people, the dogs are learning all the time, not just when you're teaching them. They're learning all the time from environments and situations. And it really is incredible. And this is another thing that I say that I truly believe we need to respect the domestic dog because they're very smart. If you think about it, a four-legged predator is living with a two-legged predator of different species. And you're living in the same house together. You're living in the same home together. Now, this is, this is relatively unique. I mean, we might share our lives with cats as well and maybe some other animals. But to be so successful... The dog has been very smart to align itself with the most dangerous predator on earth, which is man. And now look, they've gone from hunting in the wild and I'm trying to survive to getting meals fed to them and sleeping on our very nice, comfortable sofas. So I think we've got to hand it to them. These dogs are smarter than a lot of us think. Absolutely. And they're so adaptable. 
they're so adaptable to uh, their environment, what they need, what we need from them. So it, it never surprised me, never surprises me. Now, the book, The Secret Language of Dogs, it's packed full of just not only great information, but you've got these beautiful photos of the dogs in there. You have photos in there of dogs in their various positions. So you know, you know the differences in their growl or their howl, warning of their bark, all these wonderful things. And you also have diagrams and sketches in there. So I think you did a fantastic job with, with doing that. And putting all that together, though, how do you decide? I mean, obviously, if it's a, a segment about uh, barking dogs, you got to find some material. But is it a plethora of information out there, or did you have to go out and do your own photos or have people do photos and sketches? How, oh, how no, did you no, no, no. It's all, yeah. I mean, it's all, it started from absolute scratch. And, you know, I don't use ghostwriters. It's me, me, myself, and I. I mean, I have good editors. You have to, when you're writing a book, you have to have a good editor to check. And, you know, so, but no, I, I write the thing and then I decide I want an illustration here or I want to get a, a beautiful photo. And I work with two photographers, Kevin Lowry and Patrick Danforth. Patrick Danforth is one of my Victoria's Door Positive Dog Trainers. He's also a photographer and he produces wonderful pictures. Also, Nicole Smith, who is American, but she lives in the UK. We used some of her pictures as well that she had done with me. And then we used a wonderful illustrator called Erin Harvey, who um, illustrated some more of the sort of subtle signs. So that, um, And I just wanted to have a mixture of photographs and illustrations as well. I just think it makes it an easy read. And I didn't want to make this book dense. I wanted it to be easy for people to understand, easy for them to read so that they get the information and the information sticks. And I think, you know, you can write the world, but actually seeing a picture of it that can even stick more in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, some people learn better by reading, some by photos. So putting a combination in there is fantastic. And the book for me, I mean, it, obviously it's going to be on my shelf forever as a reference because you're one of my all-time favorite people and the, the material is perfect for what I do. But I, I really do think it's a good reference. This book, The Secret Language of Dogs, you want to get it, you want to read it, you want to put the methods into, into play, learn from your animals, learn from your dogs, but also keep it as a reference guide because there's going to be times when you need it. I do the same with your book. I mean, I have to say, you know, I think the reason why we get on so well is because you learn from each other. And, you know, I've learned a lot from you and the way that you interact and communicate with animals. And so I think that's good. And I think but both kind of the way that we approach things, yeah, we approach them differently. But I also think we're always learning. And that's the exciting process when you're writing a book is that when you're writing it and you're researching it, then there are new things that you learn as well. So it's kind of an education for yourself as well because now you're going to go deeper into it and now you're discovering all this new research. And of course, the book could be three times bigger than it is, but we wanted to make it sort of easy, read, succinct, and just you know make the, make the relevant points and not go too deep into it because there's all research notes at the end that if people want to go deeper into it, that they can use as a reference. Yeah, and I think it was fantastic of you to do that as well because I agree it's a nice working book, everyday book that you may need. But also if someone – like you said, if someone wants to really deep dive into this, get to know it, uh, learn what's going on in the scientific community as far as canines are concerned, this book will lead you in the right direction for that. 
Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad because it just took me a long time to write, so I'm really glad. Thank you. <laughs> well, we're all excited about it. Now, uh, so everybody go pick up a copy of The Secret Language of Dogs, Unlocking the Canine Mind for a Happier Pet, uh, available nationwide, of course. So everybody pick up a copy. You'll definitely enjoy that. But before I let you go today, Victoria, i got to find out more about what's going on because everybody asks me because they, they know we know each other and we're friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're always like, what's up with Victoria? We're Where's she at? What's going on? I'm like, do you have a couple hours? Because she's doing everything. She's out there. <laughs> so tell, so. You know, you know exactly what it's like, Tim. You know exactly. You're kind of pulled in 500 different ways. And um, as you said, yeah, it's, uh, we were just discussing before we came on air that it's good to be busy. It's kind of worse than if you're not busy. But I'm traveling a lot. I'm doing speaking at a lot of seminars, and I am filming a web series called Guardians of the Night, which is still being filmed. It's being edited right now and um, produced and edited right now. So hopefully that's going to come out online next year, and that's been a real labor love. And that's where I go out and really delve deep into the world of canines, what it's like to be a canine officer and a police dog in the United States of America. So we've been doing that. And what I'm most excited about as well is my Victoria Civil Academy. And it's been my dream for many years to have an academy where people can come and learn to become dog trainers. And so we launched it this year, the beginning of the year. And now I'm about to have my third class of students. We've had two classes in the United States and we have had one class in the UK. And uh, it's a six-month course, so you come to have an intensive with me, which is for five days, and then you go away and work with a mentor for 60 days, and you come back and work with me for eight days, and then you go back with your mentor for another 90 days, and then you have, as you're with your mentor, you attend lots of webinars and cyber classes and on, have a lot of online lessons, and you have an exam at the end, and if you pass that, you're a Victoria Still Academy graduate. That's what... I am very, very proud of. Um, We worked extremely hard for many years to create a curriculum that not only gives you all the theory, but gives you a real practical experience as well. That's fantastic. So, and I know about the Academy. It's wonderful. I know people that have put it, earmarked it for uh, something they want to do, whether you're a dog uh, trainer now and you want to take it to the next level or someone who's wanting to add that to their repertoire or get into that as a career. No better place to come than from from the expert herself in uh, learning the great techniques that, uh, that you put together, Victoria. Thank you. Yeah, well, again, you know, if, if anybody's interested, you can go to vsdogtrainingacademy.com. There you go. So we'll make sure that's put out there. And then to follow you and all the wonderful things you have going on, what's the best ways to do that? You can go to my website, positively.com, or the way to kind of really sort of um, interact is by my Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Victoria Stillwell, one in the L in the middle of Stillwell. You can follow me at um, Victoria Stillwell on Instagram or at Victoria S on Twitter. There you go. See, I told you, everybody, she is out there. She has got it covered. She's out there. There's no excuse for not keeping up with what Victoria Stillwell has going on. So everybody go check out. We'll make sure those sites are posted. Check that out. And definitely pick up a copy of the latest book, The Secret Language of Dogs, Unlocking the Canine Mind for a Happier Pet by Victoria Stillwell. Victoria, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's always uh, wonderful to get a chance to chat with you. And uh, we'll keep up with what's going on and look forward to talking with you again real soon. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. All right. Well, uh, we're coming to the end of the show today. 
want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank our producers and sponsors for making this show possible. To find out uh, more about what's going on with me or if you have any questions for me, people you want to hear on the show, you can drop me an email. You can drop that to Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. It's Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. And I'll be glad to let you know what's going on, answer your questions, and bring on the people you want to hear from most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put it in a blog, an article, a book, and who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Everybody have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.